But this is fascinating because he said about the song is I'm a revolutionary artist and my art is dedicated to change. So he was like writing this song as like a revolution to like bring this statement to the whole world. Something Will Happen, a podcast about the largest Beatles music festival in the U.S., Abbey Road on the River, celebrating our 20th anniversary, May 26th to 30th, 2022. I'm Melissa, one of the organizers of the festival, and I'll be talking about all things Abbey Road on the River, held every Memorial Day weekend in Jeffersonville, Indiana, just outside of Louisville, Kentucky. I'll be interviewing your favorite Abbey Road on the River fans and staff to unveil new plans for the upcoming festival, talk about how influential the Beatles are, and share insider stories about the festival and music you love. Whether you're new to Abbey Road on the River or you're a festival regular, if you love the Beatles as much as we do, you're in the right place. This is Something Will Happen. Something Will Happen. Let's get started. For this week's episode, I'm joined with Emily, who is a staffer at Abbey Road on the River, and she's a key player, key element to this running the whole podcast. So she does a bunch of the editing and the producing with me. So I'm going to introduce you all to Emily. Hey, Emily. Hi. Thank you. It feels very exciting being on this side of the microphone. I know. I've been here the whole time and like listened (laughs) to all of them. So yeah, you've got to be in the nitty gritty. You're just like editing the podcast, adding the (laughs) intro, uploading it. But now you're you're being interviewed. You're on the yeah the other side of the mic. So that must Mm -hmm. be cool. It's going to be real weird writing the show notes, talking about myself. (laughs) (laughs) You have to re-listen to your voice. Yeah, that's oh yeah. I can already tell when I go to edit it later. I'm going to be like, oh, why did I breathe like that? Like I'm going to (laughs) be nitpicking everything. Right. <laughs> well, it's okay. I, I definitely do that too. Um, but it's great. Um, you started working for the event last year, 2021, but you've been coming to Abbey Road on the River for a few years before that, right? I have. Um, so I've always been a big fan of the Beatles. I think when I was about 12, I had mm-hmm. one of my best friends at that time. She was really into the Beatles. And it was really cool for me because like a lot of people you've talked to have talked about how they had like a parent or a grandparent that listened. And I didn't really have that. Like we all, I knew who they were, but like no one in my household really listened to them a bunch. So it felt very, really cool and uniquely me. That time of your life, you're trying to find your own identity outside of the context of your family and stuff. So it felt like a, like a cool thing that I was discovering, even though it's not really unique to be a fan of the Beatles because everyone knows who the Beatles are right it felt like that when you know at that age yeah well growing up in the early 2000s or late 90s or whatever it's it was weird to like the Beatles I think because like, yeah they were like oh that old band that like you know right was a like, million years ago why but you into the Backstreet Boys or whoever <laughs> <laughs> or now it's like yeah k-pop any k-pop band or I don't know who people like yeah well I always listen to a bit of everything but that was definitely like a turning point of my you know listening to music and really getting into a lot of the older stuff mm-hmm. um and then yeah so being a big fan of the Beatles you know I Abbey Road was just kind of always there in the back of my mind like I knew it was like oh this thing that happened in the place that I lived and then I finally went in high school with one of my friends who loved the Beatles and we had such fun and then yeah I've been trying I go 
every year I could. So there was like a time where like I was working a lot and I couldn't really come every year. And mm-hmm. then for the past, you know, four or five years, I've been trying to make a point to come every year and it's been so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got to work it last year. So that must have Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like graduating. I'm like, what do I want to do? Like, okay, I really like this festival. How can I be a part of it? <laughs> I go. just sent an email out and here we are. Yeah. yeah. Beatles being another formative uh, part of your life, kind of. Yep. Yep. <laughs> this is very cool. Well, it's awesome. Well, we are lucky to have you. We are lucky to find you. So, and I've only heard good things about the podcast. People always say like, oh, listen to that. It was such a great interview or such great, or it like sounds awesome. And I'm like, wow, that's, we just like threw this together. It's pretty cool. (laughs) Um, But yes, anyway, so let's talk about the point of this episode, which is love because it's fab. It's February. It's (laughs) it's what we call every February (laughs) it's a good dad joke there but it is like quintessentially a Beatles thing to talk about love especially in that time period I think like in the in the 60s and in the you know 67 was the summer of love and all all this Mm -hmm. stuff which maybe it's a little different than today but you know what we need we need love today too so we need this reminder to continue to spread the love and that's what the festival is all that's what the Beatles are all about but it's also what the festival is about I think that's really well put like that's I think that how much they put love at the center of what they did and like the music that they made is one of the reasons that they've endured so long and that they have Uh such this you know cult following of just everyone loves them you know because they talk about the real emotions and that being one of the most prominent one of the most important ones you can feel and they talk so heavily about it yeah exactly and yeah everyone finds a way to relate yeah and I have a fascinating story because we're going to go into all the different things not I mean we can't talk about everything love related with the Beatles but <laughs> <laughs> once we get yeah, into you guys want to listen to an eight-hour podcast <laughs> I know right <laughs> we could go on for days um but let's start with, I love this fact that, I love this fact, that the Beatles use the word love a total of 613 times in their whole catalog, which is just fascinating. And um, I'm going to talk about the song, All You Need Is Love, but I want to hear what you, you brought something up interesting about, you know, the love count in people's songs and how that's like, we praise the Beatles for that. Like, it's amazing. Like they use love, they spread the love, but um yeah so when you had sent me that fact about the 613 times Mm -hmm. I was like that sounds like a whole lot and so I looked up like how many songs in total they even had in their catalog and it was 213 so like that's a lot of love (laughs) like the the jump from 213 songs to saying it 613 times is ridiculous right and then it I kept in the back of my head thinking of Taylor Swift Mm -hmm. because she's often talk you know she talks about her boyfriends she sings about love like she's Mm -hmm. criticized in much the same way that they were back in the day how like they were flippant and like just a fad and they're about love and they don't have any substance I feel like Taylor Swift is thought of the same way and I actually wanted to do the math and I wanted to look it up and she has a similar amount of songs she only has she has 206 to their 213 and she only says love 236 times. 
So okay. like the disparity between, yeah, 236 to 613. Mm-hmm. Like, I just thought that was just such an interesting jump and in seeing how the similarities and how they were viewed. Yeah. And then and she like, gets criticized for talking about love too much and the Beatles don't do they or don't they get criticized I mean it depends on who you're talking that's that's the interesting thing is because I feel like you know you read articles um from the 60s of people that are criticizing the Beatles and saying oh well it's just a fad they're just a silly boy band they're gonna go out of style Mm -hmm. and now they're the greatest band of all time you know everyone knows who they are and I feel like in the future we might see an attitude shift towards artists like Taylor Swift that sing about those types of things like mm-hmm. right now she's you know not taken as seriously by some and I feel like it's going to have the same sort of evolution of the Beatles maybe not I'm not saying she is the beat you know <laughs> but it's hard to compare any artists to the Beatles it's, yeah it's really hard especially when you're so connected to the Beatles like we yeah. all are at the festival but right uh, but I she's definitely like, think yeah go ahead oh I was just gonna say I definitely think that it's gonna evolve and people are gonna like actually take her a bit more seriously mm-hmm. and see in the same way that they did with the Beatles like oh it's not a fad like she knows her stuff yeah I feel like that is changing for her like she has matured and put out different different kind of content although it's still like about love but maybe mm-hmm. yeah little... well there are, there are obviously other artists that that's the sort of yeah that's um, like every attitude. song is about yeah love or losing love that's like such a prominent <laughs> thing to write a song about <laughs> And even John Lennon criticized Paul for writing silly love songs. And then Paul came out and wrote silly love songs. And it was like, <laughs> yeah, the first, well, actually, I don't know this fact, but I think it was one of the first solo hits that any of the Beatles did after their um, tenure with the Beatles. Like once they were solo, I think, I think that song was like one of the first hits that like he was like you think I just write oh. silly love songs I'm gonna write this song and then it became a top song <laughs> it was That's like so great you know he showed him <laughs> and it's a, a silly little love song like fueled by spite like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you written for the wrong reasons maybe but <laughs> still a cute song well speaking of songs do you want to do you want to hear about this this is such a cool story about the song all you need is love I do. And I know you have some stories about um, some love songs too, but this, I'm just like so excited about this. <laughs> so I want to share this. I want to hear because, all about it. Um, okay. So everyone knows the song, All You Need Is Love, I think. I would think. It was a um, non-album single in July of 67, but the way it was written is so interesting. I never knew this before researching it, but in May of 1967, the Beatles agreed to perform on this live broadcast, it was called Our World. And it was this, they were asked to write a song with a positive message, which first let's talk about the broadcast though, but because Our World was this, was the first live global television link, which was broadcast via satellite to 25 countries. It was all live and it was the largest television audience ever up to that date. It was like crazy. Like now we like, you know, everyone's connected all the time, but we don't think how big that was. It was yeah, like that. That's one of the steps that got us to how we're connected all the time like that. Exactly. At pivotal points like that in broadcasting is how we are what we are now. Yeah. Everyone can reach everything. 
It's crazy. Yeah. So they like broadcasted by satellite and to 25 different countries and 400 they estimate between 400 and 700 million people around the world were watching this broadcast um on june 25th 1967 i should say but and it featured all these artists too from 19 different countries like an opera singer and even pablo picasso was in this live broadcast but the the beatles are the most well-known segment from it because they closed it out yeah that's um, what i you know i've always seen like little clips of all you need is love like yeah. all of the performers and stuff but i never paid attention like i never looked into what it was and i didn't realize right. there were all these other performers and you know people yeah do it. like i just uh, have always seen it and been like oh that's a, you know a beatles thing that they did and yeah because you just see know. that video and you're like oh they made a music video like mm -hmm. you know the age of mtv you're just like oh of course like that's so normal and now it's like you can find anything on youtube but if you lose the context of it then it's just like i don't know it's helpful to get that context i should say mm -hmm. that it was such a big thing i've never seen the rest of it you know i've only seen the beatles part and they're like the Beatles signed up to be like Britain's contribution to the broadcast. And, you know, all these other artists were diff from different countries and stuff. But so so the way the song was written was they they agreed to perform on this broadcast. And then they were asked to provide a song with a message that could be easily understood by everyone, like using basic English terms. Mm -hmm. And so they decided to use the word love. Like, what a great song choice you know and it was the height of the vietnam war um and that's just what the beatles came up with it was like such a big statement for them to make and what john lennon said where's this quote he said i mean the song is credited to john and paul but john mainly wrote it um and he said this is a quote after I mean, he I wrote it because yeah. when i think of the beatles when i think of like their songwriting i usually think of john as the more like intellectual and like mm. politically driven and i think of paul as the more like romantic one yeah with right. their songwriting so i like learning that john wrote that yeah but this is fascinating because he said about the song is i'm a revolutionary artist and my art is dedicated to change so he was like writing this song as like a revolution to like bring this statement to the whole world in this broadcast mm -hmm. um and I just, it's just so fascinating. And even, you know, Ringo's all about peace and love. And at the time he said about it, about the broadcast that this is his quote, we were big enough to command an audience of that size. And it was for love. It was for love and peace. It was a fabulous time. He said, I even get excited now when I realize that that's what it was for peace and love and putting flowers and guns. And that was like the whole time of 67 and that kind of kicked off like the summer of love was 1967 and i think this global broadcast had something to do with it yeah um I mean, but anyway so that's about the it, yeah right oh i was just gonna say you said it had like the biggest viewership like i'm sure it touched a yeah. lot of people right when they needed it yeah so such a such a big thing and then the you know they they performed it live at emi studios and they had pre-recorded tracks, so they were like, I almost said lip syncing, but they're playing over their pre-recorded track. Um, so if you watch this video, you can look it up on YouTube. We'll put it in the show notes, a link to the video. And there's all these cameos from, you know, Mick Jagger was there, Keith Richard, um, Marianne Faithful, Keith Moon, Eric Clapton is there. It's just, and 
they were all dressed in these like really colorful clothes surrounded by like flowers and balloons and like people walking around with these placards too, like just big cardboard <laughs> pieces in the front and back with the word love in all these different languages. Yeah, and I've definitely seen pictures of the people with the, which is cool. Yeah, but if you've seen pictures of it, they're in color, which the broadcast was not, which is fascinating. The broadcast was in black and white, but later it was colorized for the Beatles anthology. So I didn't know that either. And it's like so cool to see, see it in color, you know, just yeah. makes it a whole different thing. I'd actually be interested in seeing it in black and white. I've never seen it in black and white, but they colorized it in the, in the nineties based on the photographs that were taken at the event. But so I just like thought that was so cool how they wrote this song for this, like the biggest live TV audience globally ever done ever. And this is the song that they came up with. Of course, you know, of course they would do that. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I mean, they said it 613 times in their song. If they only got one song to one topic to talk about, that's what they were going to talk that's about. That's it. And you know, you know how many times they say the word love in all you need is love. <laughs> <laughs> I bet a lot. How many? It, it's 102. It, so if you ignore the word love, like if not, <laughs> don't ignore the word love. I mean, the verb, like the verb loves like where they go, love, I think that's what it means. Whatever, I looked it up. So the Beatles say the word love 102 times just in this song alone. So that's like a fifth, wait, is that? <laughs> it's a sixth of all the loves in all their catalog was just in this song. Isn't that crazy? Cra that is crazy when you that's quantify nuts. it like that. Yeah, not a fifth, a sixth. <laughs> I could do math. <laughs> <laughs> we're here about music not fractions i know <laughs> that's something that yeah the other staff make fun of me it's like people try to do math in their head and i'm like um <laughs> and i almost majored in math in college and i can't do it in my head absolutely no one can at working in restaurants anytime you hand someone like the thing and they need to write in a tip as soon yeah. as as soon as they're put on the spot everyone forgets all of the math they know mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's about all you need is love. Do you have a love song of the Beatles that you really like? So I think my favorite, well, I mean, and it's so, there's so many to choose from as we've talked about. Yes. And it's funny because I really was thinking about it because I've talked about how I love, I've been a fan of the Beatles for so long for such a large portion of my life like I think mm -hmm. the song my song choice has changed because if you would ask mm -hmm. me when I was like 16 I would have said like eight days a week or all my loving mm -hmm. but now I think it's something mm -hmm. yeah yes. the the lyrics of it and the just his word choice and the cadence of it it just sounds so like personal and intimate, like, like he's not telling her, like he's just realizing it himself. Like, Oh, yeah. there's just something about her. It's like reflecting. Yeah. yeah it's very it's internal, very internal. And you know, just very sweet and personal. Yeah. That's, I never thought of it that way. That is fascinating. It's not like I'm telling you, he's just like overcome with the feeling of love. And then yeah, just, it like, feels like writing he's it like, for himself it feels like he's like looking at her from across the room mm -hmm. and it's just thinking to himself like man there's something in the way yeah oh that's so it's sweet very, it's very <laughs> sweet i will say my honorable mention is don't let me down 
Mm, yeah that one gets me too because there's the the way that that one's written and it's like no one ever loved me like she does it's like yeah. like that feeling in a relationship when like you're like oh this person gets me mm-hmm. like I finally found someone who speaks my language and then his you know the don't let me down part it's so vulnerable it's mm-hmm. it's a request not a command it's like I'm willing to open up to you please don't let me down yeah yeah like right it's just very sweet and the vulnerability of it yeah you're right I think you hit it with that with the word vulnerability yeah yeah and that's such like a key thing to love too yeah that they discover kind they or they explore more in their later years of writing music I think it's different than those early you know early years where you're like oh eight days a week and love me do and stuff like that yeah they're very sweet and like exciting but kind of packaged and like that not exploring all of the different gray areas and facets of love mm-hmm. like it's more of an idea of love in the early times I think mm-hmm. and then yeah. as they grow older and they realize that you know how complicated life and love gets yeah it gets a little deeper yeah that is fascinating glad we're talking about this it's <laughs> <That's> very <laughs> cool like to realize I mean there's been a lot of people talking about this or analyzing their songs but it's fun to analyze and like be introspective about it because it's easy to be like oh yeah well this is my favorite song but when you really think of like why like what about it touches you right what's what's your favorite love song I'm dying to know of the Beatles um of of course (laughs) (laughs) no I don't know I (laughs) I do love um well all you need is love is so iconic but I also love in my life because it's just reflecting on it's Mm. not like about one person you know it's like just all these different people who come and go in in their life in your life um and that it's just so relatable to be I don't know makes me think of like um, many people or like lots of you're able to love a lot of people rather than just that like one person you're focused on so I think it's that's a good one it really does it talks like you're going through the different seasons of your life because not everyone is there the whole time you know and it doesn't mean that it wasn't important during that season and so that's kind of you know respecting like well during this time and that time and yeah just the yeah the waxing and waning of life and relationships yeah yeah like just I like that I don't know that that lyric like in my life I love you more is just I don't know it's just it's kind of that reflective way as you say about something that it's like they're not really saying it to someone it's just like oh I just you know think about all the places and all the people yeah who I remember and how I loved them and how it's changed and maybe it's different now I don't know I just do love that song yeah, it definitely does give the feeling, you know, because it's change. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone can relate to the nostalgia and bittersweetness of things mm-hmm. not being the way that they used to be. Not that mm-hmm. things are bad, they're just different. And not that it's certain, bad. Yeah, there's exactly. a certain sense of, and that song does capture that feeling really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like if, yeah, if someone is gone or out of your life or something, you don't have to think of it like it'd be sad, you know, you could still love whoever it is, maybe gone. So that's mine, I think. But there's so many. I mean, yeah, I do love really. eight days a week also and all those early 
it's early really songs. hard to choose one that's why <laughs> yeah. I didn't even really choose one I brought two <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's hard I mean I love this boy because that's such a cute song but it's also and I just love the harmonies on that song too so <laughs> but speaking more of love maybe we should talk about the love album concert that's happening at the festival because that's such a I mean that it's just called love and I think we're naming it love the love show 2.0 because it's going to be different than what everyone's seen that's so exciting I won't know I've never even seen the 1.0 so you've never seen the love concert I have not now like working with Abbey Road Mm -hmm. I've been seeing the behind the scenes and like you guys talking about like oh well this person and this person there's going to be so many you know bodies on the stage and so Mm -hmm. hearing about it it sounds so exciting like Mm -hmm. we were talking the other day and someone said something about like two drum sets on the stage and like just the Mm -hmm. visuals of that sounds awesome yeah so tell me more about it as someone who's never seen it like how many people and instruments are actually (laughs) performing because it sounds like just ridiculous and awesome it is yeah it is if you've never seen it before you you have to see it so in the past we've done this show the love album and it's based on the Cirque du Soleil show kind of and it's it well it's based on the remix that came out in 2006 um, that was remixed by George and Giles Martin and so it's got all these really cool renditions of the songs I'm sure you've heard of it and like Gink Nas like Sun King backwards and you know Get Back mixed in with all these songs that are just amazing yeah, it really, like I was looking um, before we started recording, I was looking at the track list for the mm-hmm. love album and there's just so many to choose from. It's all, yeah, it's like all the best <laughs> Beatles songs. Yeah, I mean, it's hard it to pick, really but... is. Like, then yeah. it, it just goes through the whole spectrum, you know, the whole timeline of all yeah. their stuff. Like there's a lot in there. Yeah. I think the ones I'm really excited for, I saw on the track list was I Am The Walrus. Mm-hmm. and strawberry fields and um girl yeah girl's one of my favorites it's one of the first ones I ever heard yeah that one is that one that, speaking of love songs that is a good love song too yes <laughs> but yeah they're all amazing and like it, when when they come out we haven't done it we don't do it every year but so maybe it's like every couple years or sometimes it's two years in a row but when we do um, while my guitar gently weeps is like one of the showstoppers because all these it's like we highlight all the best musicians of the festival and um, this year we won't have all you need is love they've been a main band for many years past but they had their retirement their kind of final show past last year, was year. Their last one yeah yep so this year it's going to be, and it's always has the newbies. So the newbies are continuing it on with um, classic stone is going to step into that. Ooh. All you need is love kind of role. Although no one can really compete with all you need is love. That's why we're calling it like 2.0. 2. Cause it's gonna not going it, to be the same. Yeah, yeah. They're going to make it their own or their classic stone is adding the spin and they get to kind of redo it in this different way, new way, that which I don't so even fun. know what it's going to entail, but we know that. The newbies and classic stone are like incredible bands so whatever they come up with it's going to be amazing um and then we have the fab four who are going to be headlining and gavin pring who's the george who we heard yes. in one of the first episodes he's going to do a couple songs in that a uh, couple of the george 
songs. I think it even comes out in the beginning of While My Guitar Gently Weeps because that mm-hmm. mix is very like subdue in the beginning and it's just like acoustic guitar. And then it like builds into this crazy, like, like organic, all these, you know, every musician comes in. Um, there's all these guitar solos, there's saxophone and trumpet solos and trombone solos too. I think it's just like, everyone gets, gets a chance to shine on that song. Um, and it's very cool. And then we have, um, Kevin Ashba is always a main key in that song. Mm -hmm. So he's going to be there. Kaleidoscope eyes and the badass brass provide the strings and horns, which are so fundamental to that whole concert. Oh yeah. But then I'm really excited one of our newest bands, the Black Ties, are going to be doing some of the like really peppy um, early songs that are in there. I can't even think of what they are. It's Ooh. like, it's not Please Please Me, but I don't know why I can't think of <laughs> what those early songs are. Um, but they're going to be featured in a couple of those songs during the show. That's going to be like, it's just going to take it to another level. And then, Yeah, that sounds so fun. Yeah, it's going to be cool. And that happens on Sunday night, May 29th. Sunday um, night. That's the big, the big show for that night. So don't want to miss that. And no, I'm if, very excited about getting to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to see it like new. I'm sure you've seen like parts of the video from the old, mm-hmm. from past years, but this one is just, yeah, the, I'm, I'm super pumped about this one because it's got all this new, new energy behind it and kind of new, new take on it, even though it's already like it's cool because that album was already new and has a different take on it. And then we make it a stage show, which already then it has another new take on it, trying to perform it live. You know, everyone's singing Sun King backwards. Like, how do they do that? <laughs> but they do. Like, it's incredible. And so now they're even doing more of a spin on it, you know, so. That's cool. Yeah. That's how cool. something like that evolves. Mm-hmm. over time you know just each rendition and each new person that puts their own twist on it I like yeah. I like the way that yeah music just evolves and is fluid exactly yeah, yeah. me too and it's- it does sound like a lot of energy like anytime I've heard any of us talking about the love show it's like there's all these people and all these instruments and it's just so much and it just yeah. sounds super fun there's a lot of stuff changing on stage and yeah, it is, it is one of the biggest productions of the weekend. So what's uh, your favorite part of the love show either to watch or like as someone who's producing it? Um, I would have, I mean, I, I know I keep talking about while well, my guitar gently weeps, but that part is just like incredible to see, to see it all like expand because it is like starts with like just one person on stage or one person highlighted on that stage there's probably more people on stage but and then just more people kind of creep in and like take their spots and then it just like explodes into this like the drums come in and then the lights just like shine on everyone on stage and like the strings and horns start blaring and that part is just is just amazing yeah like yeah. I'm a big theater nerd. And so like the idea of that, where it's like just one person and then the lights come up and it's the whole stage and it's just craziness. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah, I know. it's so just, entertaining. Yeah, it's, it's so cool. And of course, yeah, Here Comes the Sun is like an incredible part of the show. I don't know, the big rocker ones, like While My Guitar, Back in the USSR. Mm-hmm. And then of course they end with like, Hey Jude and All You Need Is Love, where like everyone is on stage and like, 
oh, all yeah. these musicians come up and and it's it's just so fun to be a part of and like the audience gets on their feet and they're just singing along with it too and just every, it feels like just everyone is on stage like everyone is a part of this huge sing-along <laughs> kind of it like really yeah. broadcast in that's, a sense it's one of those things about live music which that's one of the reasons i love going to abbey road so much is mm -hmm there's just an experience that you can't get not being there. You know, like there's, you, you can listen to stuff by yourself all you want, but being there and singing along with all of these people in the crowd next to you and right there with the performers, it's yeah. just such a cool experience. No, it really is. It's really cool. So if anyone else has not seen this love concert, they gotta, they gotta come and do it. And for this month, we have um, a 15% off any ticket code with code WAVE, W-A-V-E, because WAVE is one of our biggest sponsors and mm -hmm. they give us, um, we're running a, a few commercials this month and it's just, yeah, they're incredible. I love, yeah. I love WAVE. And now they're what WAVE. I can't say WAVE 3 News, but. <laughs> oh, it's just WAVE. It's not WAVE It's just WAVE. Anymore. Yes. Yeah. Right. They, re they just rebranded to like one of their old logos. It's super cool. I did Got like that. a big curly cue in the middle. Um, anyway <laughs> well and aren't we running um some sort of contest where you get like a ticket upgrade you're right you're right yes so anyone um <laughs> anyone who buys a ticket this month or no anyone who buys so this is for we have a whole month long sale that's 15 percent off any ticket but if you buy either a four or five day general admission ticket mm -hmm. then you get the chance to win um, an upgrade to a ultimate VIP ticket, ultimate ticket to ride for the whole weekend. So that's which, cool. what all comes with the ultimate ticket to ride. So that's where you get access to all the shows. You get reserved seating in the front of the main shows for Tommy James, for the fab four, for the love album concert. Um, and it's just incredible and you get to come all weekend to all the shows you get access to everything and it's just an amazing i don't know it's an amazing time and people people just have a blast so yeah um, and i mean there's so many good shows and good bands and performers like you you really want to buy at least a four-day ticket anyway i know you so want to come every day yeah yeah that's what yeah in, in the past when i've got to come it's like i have to come around my work schedule so i'd only get mm -hmm. to come like one or two days and it just never feels like enough so you definitely want to get <laughs> the big tickets exactly yeah and i forgot that you get a uh gift certificate to shimp's candy store also with Ooh, with yeah. this when you win your upgrade <laughs> so <laughs> we're spreading the love you know with, with candy and it's valentine's day this week you know so mm -hmm. uh, so yeah so people can go get their tickets at arotr.com um, and use code wave w-a-v-e at checkout to get 15 percent off any ticket but definitely go for the uh, four or five day ticket or just yeah. buy you know an ultimate vip so if you ride. use the code you use the code and you get 50 percent off anything 15. 15 yes that, sorry i said that i just mumbled <laughs> that's okay 15 percent off anything um but the ultimate ticket to ride contest do you just are you automatically entered when you buy the four or five day ticket or do you yes. have to do something extra nope you're automatically um you're automatically entered that's good Sweet. question mm -hmm. so just gotta go get that ticket 
and come to the festivals. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. <laughs> so we'll announce the winner um, after February, like the first week of March, and people will be notified. Cool. And I'm pumped. But I'm so excited. This show. Yeah. Just every time we talk about it and I hear about it, it's just the excitement is building. I know. Yeah. So. As one of like the newer staffers, it's like feels like everyone's been on staff at least like five to ten to you know, maybe more years, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely the rookie. I'm getting to know everybody. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because everyone knows everyone has been working together for so long. So actually doing the podcast with you and like mm-hmm. editing all of the interviews is helping me mentally put people in place of like, cause mm-hmm. everyone knows all the performers and you have a rapport with them cause you've worked <laughs> with them for years. And I'm like, who is that? What? And yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> so the next time you see them, you're going to be like, I, I'm like, yeah. Hey Hal, what's up? I definitely. Yeah. <laughs> hey Ricky. <laughs> Can't wait to see your Paul show. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, I know you're getting the inside scoop. This is like, we should turn this into like everyone, the river one Oh one. Maybe we'll make a class out of these podcasts where it's like, here's the people you need to know. This is what you need to know when you come. And here's the who's who. This is what you got to do when you come. (laughs) Exactly. That'd be a fun, fun class. Well, people just need to come and then there's, (laughs) then they'll learn. That would be. Don't even need a class, but. Well, I did have one more thing to add to this podcast. Um, Because we were talking about being the Beatles back in the day being criticized for being, you know, a flippant, just a silly little boy band. Mm -hmm. And I found a quote and it's from Newsweek. It's an article in Newsweek from February, 1964. And it just made me laugh. And I thought I'd, I thought I'd share it. (laughs) Great. Visually, they are a nightmare. Tight, dandified Edwardian beatnik suits and great pudding bowls of hair. Musically, they are a near disaster. Guitars and drums slamming out a merciless beat that does away with secondary rhythms, harmony, and melody. Their lyrics, punctuated by nutty shouts of yeah, 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 are a catastrophe. A preposterous farrago of Valentine card romantic sentiments. Wow. (laughs) That's a scathing review. That is a scathing review, and it was so funny. It's like, hmm. I think you need to wait a little bit because right so that came out in 64 64 February okay. 24th 1964 oh wow so like right yeah. after yeah they were just like this bubble's gonna burst they were like this is over <laughs> little did they know there were so many I found a whole article that just had like quotes of different publications that wrote really <laughs> bad reviews that's hilarious we should do a podcast on like people who hate the Beatles and interview someone who like hates yeah. them and talk about all the bad stuff no it's not well it <laughs> turns out about them and turn someone's mind around and they'll be like oh here I do like it, it turns out that even to the topic of our podcast mm-hmm. people tend to like a preposterous farrago of valentine card romantic sentiments they do yes they do <laughs> <laughs> there's room for those silly love songs in the world definitely you know they definitely they definitely work or we, I mean, people need love and they need reminders that, you know, love is all around. So it's something about music too. I mean, the music along with the, with the lyrics about love that just, you know, they changed the world and maybe not the way that guy wanted, but (laughs) in a way people needed. But on that note, I think we can wrap up the 
the love all about love podcast <laughs> episode and thanks emily for being on the podcast with me we'll have you on in the future thank you yeah this more. has been so fun i can't wait to talk more about the beatles i know it's just fun to chat about the beatles i think um and people just like listening to people talking about the beatles with all the beatles podcasts out there it's kind of a wonder but it's just yeah. so relatable everyone i mean you got your diehard fans but even people who just casually listen to them like they're just there's a reason they've lasted so long and it's because it's just such a relatable feeling exactly well we'll continue pumping out podcasts for you guys and (laughs) (laughs) we'll see you next week thanks for tuning in to something will happen Remember that Abbey Road on the River is happening May 26th to 30th, 2022 in Jeffersonville, Indiana. To start making your plans, head over to AROTR.com. There you can see the full lineup of bands that are coming, check out shows we're planning, book your hotels, and grab your tickets while you're there. Head over to AROTR.com podcast and enter your email to get $5 of Beetle Bucks to use at the festival for food, drinks, and our exclusive festival merchandise. For the most up-to-date information, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll see you in May. Something will happen.